Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup, takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Edmonton owned and operated. Go online at royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Again, we're trying to fight our way through it. Uh, we've had the occasional technical challenge, but that happens once in a while in uh, live broadcasts. And a guy with an extensive background in that regard, a uh, longtime uh, producer of games on Hockey Night in Canada, our NHL insider, John Shannon. Hi, John. How are you? Good, Bob. I don't know what you're talking about. We never had one glitch ever. Never happened to you, eh? <laughs> How about every day? Every day. That's what that's what you do is you have to hit the you have to learn to hit the curveball, right? We I will tell you a story when I was doing font cord and stats uh back in uh 99-2000. We went to Flin Flon. It might have been 2000-2001 for the uh, Royal Bank Cup. Oh yeah. And as the listeners, just so the listeners know, uh, on those shows, I would be next to the play-by-play and color guy. And the telestrator did not work. And the color guy was, like, kind of looking at me. And we go to commercial break, and I go, I don't like our chances making that thing work. I don't know how they're going to fly something in a flip-flop. You know what I mean? Like, you're on a remote like that. What are you going to do, right? So, no, Actually, that reminds me of a story. Uh, the, the great Harry Neal, who was our number one analyst for a, a long time on Hockey Night, uh, maybe his first or second game on the network, uh, they gave him a telestrator. Uh, and it screwed up. It went to black on him, and Harry didn't know what to do. And from then on, Harry refused to use the Telestrator, never used it. So what uh, What we did uh, in about 1996, when uh, I thought it was important to have the Telestrator for even for simple things like too many men on the ice, Right. Um, I put the Telestrator in the truck beside the producer. And so we would use it only in specific occasions coming out of commercials, and it would look like Harry's operating it. And it worked It worked really well, I think, and I think that they, they maintained that. In fact, Shirelli Najak, who's in Edmonton producing for, uh, for Rogers right now, uh, Shirelli Najak uh, continued that, uh, that process for a long period of time until they decided to get rid of Telestrator, which... I'll be honest, I still don't understand why they got rid of it. So, uh, It's kind of funny. A number of years ago, I was working at uh, uh, Moe's Sports Parlor, bartending, and the San Jose, Frank Alvin was on the San Jose broadcast. He was producing their show. Pete Stamkowski, this pre-dated Drew, uh, pre-dated Drew Remenda as yeah. the analyst. And yeah. Pete, Pete, as you know, had a very dry sense of humor. And San Jose got beat like 10, 11 nothing or 10-1 or something in Calgary. Uh-huh. Um, and Mike Ratchie was a rookie defenseman. 
and <laughs> they showed three straight goals. I think Theron Fleury was plus eight in the game. And they scored three straight goals from the Flames, and Ratchie had made mistakes on the first two goals. And <laughs> well, they showed a third goal, and there's Stemkowski, and he goes, well, here you see Ratchie again, man. He goes, after a while, we just got to stop showing us because it doesn't get any better again. <laughs> you just tweet me to another story. So uh, in the old days uh, when I was uh, living in the West and, and uh, I would end up doing, uh, uh, for the sake of argument, the Philadelphia-Edmonton game on a Wednesday and then the Philadelphia-Calgary game on a on a Thursday and, 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 and sometimes vice versa. But there was always, you always ended up being with the visiting team as much as you were with the Flames or the Oilers. Yep. And uh, uh, both, teams, both teams, the Flames and the Oilers, were destroyed by this Eastern Conference uh, 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 juggernaut. juggernaut. Um, and the next game for both of them, I, I, and I used to see all the same elements in the same openings back-to-back because in those days there was pre-satellite and nobody saw things, so you were doing it for the Edmonton audience or the Calgary audience, and, and nobody was the wiser. So, so two shows in a row the following week, I said, here are the highlights of Calgary's last game, and we went to black. And the following night, here are the highlights of the Edmonton show, and we went to black again. Uh, just as a, a way to say, hey, listen, there was nothing good to watch, and, and p- people people kind of enjoyed it. There were, you know, we were able, we were given license to criticize the teams by both clubs, uh, and that uh, I think it made for uh, a light situation of something that could have, if you had shown highlights, uh, you would have uh, done a, a better job of, of ticking people off. Well, uh, you know, regional shows, sometimes there's some animated uh, conversations that are occasionally... I know what you're talking about. You never never, uh, ended up uh, drawing the iron of Glenn Sather over the years? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Probably for five or six, but... uh, yeah, and and the one of the one of the great fascinations is that I, and I was just a kid. I was the same age as most of the players at that point, and I'm producing the hockey games. And there's Glenn, who who can be an intimidating force. Yeah. Uh, but at the at, by the end of it all, and by the time the team was, you know, in on Stanley Cup number five, uh, and, and to this day, uh, both uh, Glenn and Annie are great friends, and uh, I, I view them as. Uh, uh, as lifelong friends that now all we do is sit and laugh about those incidents that he would get mad at me and I would tell him certain things and life would go on. But we're, uh, to this day, uh, whether it's in Banff or in Palm Springs or in New York, uh, uh, the Sathers and uh, John Shannon have a great relationship. All right. Uh, what have you thought of, uh, the, you know, how this has worked in the bubble? I mean, without fans, because we haven't asked you this now that, you know, we're three rounds into the playoffs here, but give me your overall assessment. Well, I can't imagine it have gone any gone any better, Bob. Uh, you, you know, I, I tweeted out a couple of days ago. They've done almost thirty-two thousand tests right. uh, since the bubble started in Edmonton and uh, and and in Toronto, uh, with no positives. Uh, the players have been very responsible uh, with uh, with how to manage it and very respectful on how to manage it, uh, and it's worked. And and really, what we've created is uh, a TV sport. We're not, a, we're not a spectator sport anymore. We're a TV sport. And uh, under the, those circumstances, I, I don't think there could have been very much more anyone, the National Hockey League, the rights holders, uh, the people at Rogers Place who have done a marvelous job, 
I, I don't think there could have been anything done differently or better uh, to get through this uh, this seven weeks. What did you think of the game last night? Uh, unfortunately, what happened was that the temple was created by the New York Islanders and Barry Trotz was playing not to lose rather than win. I'm with you. Uh, you know, and, and um, it's, it, it, you know, at a certain point, the Islanders have to do that in order to try to wait for Tampa to make a mistake. And they waited 92 minutes and 30 seconds for Kevin Shattenkirk to make that mistake at the blue line and the puck's in the net. And, and uh, perhaps in the short term, that's why, that's what Barry thought that they had to do in order to win the game. Uh, I, I, if, if they come out the same way uh, tomorrow night against Tampa, even if Braden Point isn't in the lineup, I suspect that Tampa will be uh, uh, will try to open it up a little bit more, and and we might see a a, a lopsided Tampa score. Can the if it's Tampa Bay that gets through here? That's because we're not going to have you on before Monday. Can Tampa Bay? Uh, can Dallas beat Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final? Sure, anybody can beat anybody right now, and I I think that's I think that's the one thing that we've talked about from the from the start of training camps back in July is that the razor's edge between the, the, the teams that are now in the bubble and still alive. Uh, you, you know, I mean, if, if Tampa wants to open it up, Dallas can play an open-up style of game. They've got some speed. They've got some young guys. They can be physical. Uh, you know, the two best goaltenders in the tournament have been Hudobin and Vasilevsky. Um, so from from that perspective, I I think I think Dallas can win. I I'm not sure they will, but I think Dallas could certainly win the Stanley Cup. Our NHL insider John Shannon, Bob Stoffer with you at Oilers now. John, uh, looks like Bill Armstrong's going into Arizona. They don't have a number one pick the next two years. Uh, nor do they have a number two pick this year. Word is they're looking for picks and prospects. The owner might have to buy his team down. Uh, there might be a team that plays at the floor and less than that in real dollars. So on that oh, note. Uh, oh, by the way, have we ever seen that in Arizona before? Uh, never. Uh, I mean, we see it every. We, we, it's almost like a cycle, right? It's almost like yeah. the Olympic quadrennial. Yeah. So every four years, Arizona has to has to has to make the CBA work to its advantage, so it doesn't spend very much money. TV, uh, Alex Morello's in TV, radio, casinos, restaurants, and food production. They've all those 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 industries have all been really challenged. So, on that note, uh, very quickly, if. They are trading Oliver Ekman Larson. Does Ken Holland need to get in on that conversation? Well, I mean, Oliver Ekman Larson is a really good hockey player. Oliver Ekman Larson can help any team in the National Hockey League. But what are you giving up? Yeah. Um, and and um, you know his you know his salary isn't in the middle of the pack either. No. no. No, so it's not. all of a sudden, you know, if you're taking Ekman Larson, you're having to give 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 up something of of real value, and I'm not sure that Ken wants to do that. I, I, here's the thing with Edmonton: stay the course, take your time, do it right, build through the draft. You know, find. You know, I, I, I think Kenny will look back at trade deadline 2020 yeah. and say, I made a couple of mistakes. I, I, I rushed myself. I, I, I started to get a little, and I, I don't say this disrespectfully, I got delusional about where my team was. Um, and perhaps, you know, it, it, perhaps it's a lesson he's learned to stay the course 
and and make the Oilers a solid team, not necessarily for one or two playoff runs, but for a decade. John, as always, we appreciate your time. we got Natalie Minkler coming up. Uh, we'll hook up on Monday, okay? Right on. And we, that's uh, John Shannon, our NHL insider, Bob Stoffer, with you on Oilers Now. Today, uh, the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation uh, announced, uh, and the Oilers organization, the REMAX EOCF Online 50-50 returning for hockey fans across Alberta. And to discuss that, uh, we're joined right now on the line by Natalie Minkler. Hi, Natalie. How are you? I'm great, Bob. How are you? Uh, not bad. We're getting a little bit of a feedback, Brendan, so not sure what's happened there. Uh, but, uh, our, okay, well, let's, we'll try to power our way through it. So, Natalie, uh, tell us about the decision to do something in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, um, absolutely, Bob. Um, so we are hosting another online 50-50. Um, you know, we've all seen Edmonton Hub. It's been a true testament to the collaboration and hard work of, of Albertans. And with the world watching, we thought that, uh, you know what, we've been able to deliver safe, successful experience for all involved. And so what better way than to leave a lasting legacy in the province of Alberta, in the Edmonton community, by hosting the online 50-50 for uh, the finals. The uh, final game the Oilers played, which was on August the 7th, had a record-setting jackpot. Uh, it got to $14.1 million. Uh, however, there were some challenges uh, that occurred for a lot of the people that tried to... We were getting texts during the day, uh, Natalie, from people saying they couldn't, they couldn't get in. And uh, other people saying they were charged four or five times. So... Uh, what has been done to ensure uh, through your guys' channels that that sort of scenario doesn't happen again? So, uh, and, and absolutely, we had some, we had challenges around the August 7th game. Our raffle on August 1st, 3rd, and 5th ran according to plan. August 7th, we experienced major volume challenges. And, uh, you know, we are using the same service provider, Ascend Fundraising Solutions. Uh, we have worked tirelessly with them over the last two weeks. Um, they have made significant server capacity upgrades. We have a solid resend ticket process in place. Uh, you know, we've improved the customer disclosure at the time of purchase. On the purchase page, customers will see that it looks a little bit different. Uh, and we, we definitely want to uh, ensure that and ask, remind people that, um, you know what, they need to be as accurate as possible when they enter their email addresses because there was a frenzy, without a doubt. And so mistakes happened on our side. Mistakes happened when people entered their email addresses. So, you know, we know that, we've learned from those mistakes, and uh, we're, we're, we're confident in the changes that Ascend has made that uh, we can run a successful raffle. Natalie Minkler from the Orders Community Foundation. Natalie, can you uh, tell me this? Uh, what are the different options for ticket packs? So the ticket options are going to be the same as what we had uh, the last go-around. So it's... Uh, just bear with me for a second. I just have to pull up that information. It's one for one ticket for five dollars. Ten tickets for ten dollars. Sixty tickets 
for $20 and 200 tickets for $50. Where does the money go uh, that comes into the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation? So our focus, uh, Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation, we're focused on investing in the programs aimed at most vulnerable populations especially in and around Edmonton's downtown core. Secondly, uh, our focus is aimed at youth hockey programming with the intent to increase participation in underrepresented groups in our community. So with that, those objectives, our board of directors takes a look at projects and areas uh, that we could donate those charitable dollars to. At the end of the day, definitely, there is somebody that walked away with millions of dollars in their pocket, and it's life-changing for them. But at the same time, our Oilers Community Foundation Board of Directors is looking to make significant investments in community organizations that will also change people's lives. Uh, because of the generosity of the of Oilers fans, uh, players, the alumni, the EOCF Board of Directors, uh, OEG employees, the Cates family. The foundation has contributed what to how many charities since 2001? So since we started the foundation in 2001, it has been over $40 million to more than 2,900 charitable organizations. And those dollars, I know, have been put to really good work in our community. Um, and absolutely, our 50-50 program generates the majority of our revenue. And uh, at a time when, you know, we're not, we're not sure what the future is going to hold, these types of programs, these types of online revenue-generating opportunities is really important for the foundation to, to continue the good work that we do. Uh, this text comes in, Natalie. It'll make you laugh. Mistakes were made during the 50-50 uh, during the play-in series. I expect they will be corrected, and they will draw my ticket next time. <laughs> yes, I love that text. <laughs> All right, uh, Natalie, thanks for your time. And again, how do people, uh, what's the website where people can get more information on this? So fans should go to uh, edmontonoilers.com. And there's, a, there's more information uh, on the website. And, uh, you know, we, we have to wait and see when the uh, first Stanley Cup game will be played. I guess it could be as early as Saturday or as late as Monday. And uh, our 50-50 raffle will run um, when those games are being played, same day. All right. Thanks a lot, Natalie. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Have you a bet. Day. That's Thank you. That's Natalie Makler from the uh, Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. Bob Stauffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. It's 151 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up the show after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 153 in Edmonton. Welcome back. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is the key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford, that's what they're known for. They're a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with an outstanding service experience at the time of the purchase, and they'll continue that standard after the sale as well. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, they'll lend a hand. You can reach them 
1-877-477-3673 or go online to brentridge.com. To this day in Oilers history, Brendan Escott. Back in 1979, the Edmonton Oilers opened the team's first NHL training camp at the University of Alberta's Varsity Arena. Taking the ice were such names as Blair McDonald and Wayne Gretzky, along with the 1979 draft class of Kevin Lowe, Mark Messier, and Paul Coffey. Not a bad draft, eh? Back in 1979, Kevin Lowe, Mark Messier, uh, Paul Coffey was in the 80 draft. Glenn Anderson was in the 1970. So Lowe, Messier, and Anderson were in 79. Uh, Paul Coffey came in 1980. But he was there in spirit in 1979, I'll tell you that. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Carpet Guy texts us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, hey, Bob and Brendan, uh, time is ticking on Connor and Leon. The Oilers can't sit back and pussyfoot around players and contracts. Easy advice, Mr. Holland. Upgrade and add as many good players as you can. I, I got to tell you, uh, I'm not convinced that that's, you know, <laughs> they accelerated the process under Peter Shirelli. Pete Shirelli came in, traded the 1633 for Reinhardt. Uh Signed Lucic in 2016, traded Taylor Hall, wanted some more size, wanted to build a heavier, more firmer, competitive team. Had a two-round playoff run in 16-17, and then the league kind of moved to more skill. Uh, I, I'm not – I think you can make an argument either way. I'm not being wishy-washy. I'm just saying legitimately you can look at it and say, well, they only got $7 million in cap space. They could have a lot more next summer. Just be patient. And conversely, you could say, well, you know, if the right player opens, I guess you could say that at any time. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And uh, Coach uh, Sheldor said, Bob Strom for Eberle was a good trade. I'd make it again. Um and the issue was that the Strom for Spooner trade probably didn't work out the way people thought. Reed Wilkins has a show tonight on Inside Sports. We'll see whether or not there's uh, some uh, liners and ads running during the course of his show tonight for the 2019 draft. <laughs> Brendan Escott, what do you got? He's got Kelly Rudy on tonight, a former Dallas Stars and Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman, two-time Stanley Cup champion, former Kamloops Blazer, Daryl Sador, and managing director for Baseball Edmonton and the uh, the new Edmonton Riverhawks franchise, Dr. Randy Gregg. Tomorrow is Truculent Thursday. Guests will include Sportsnet's color analyst, Louis DeBrusque. He just did about 50 games uh, during the first three rounds of the Western Conference playoffs. Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. George LaRock will be on tomorrow's show, and we might have one more special guest as well. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Follow by the 630 Chat Afternoons with Sheila and I. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.